You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life through the life and stories of black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator working with people and organizations who live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. Finally, we are feeling the warmth here in Chicago. I cannot tell you how happy that makes me. So much so that I'm wearing red. I've got all bright colors on. It's just like, oh, I needed, needed, needed to feel that warmth sitting on the balcony working today. Love it. Love it. It really feeds my soul. It feeds my soul out walking more often in the park, going down by the lake. Oh, it's wonderful. Wonderful. Thank goodness for that. And um, it looks like we're turning a corner. It's amazing the difference that that makes to our being. And then it has an impact on our productivity and what we do. You know, the weather literally empowers me. It literally empowers me. So this week's episode... um, my guest is someone that I literally walked up to um, when I was in Paris and um, she was sitting at the cafe that I was sitting at. And, you know, if you imagine those Parisian cafes with all those tables outside where you literally sit and you just watch the world go by. It's just such a wonderful thing to do in Paris. But you kind of just like look outwards and then you just kind of hang out and have some glass of like champagne or something you know and it was Paris Fashion Week and she was sitting in the cafe and so and here we are some months later she's a guest on my podcast I feel so grateful to her and I'll tell you a bit more about her in a minute um I wanted to just encourage you to or remind you to head over to iTunes and rate and review the show you know, you've just got to click into your phone where the podcast app is and um, you can rate and review there or do it on your laptop if you don't want to do it on one of your on your phone. Um, but it makes a difference to the show when you rate, review and share the show. You know, find one person in your life you could share the show with this week. I am uh, I've got such wonderful feedback around Pasha Cook, who was in the last couple of episodes and... Um, and the difference that that in various ways what the messaging that that came through that episode as well so one of the faves um, that's emerging here and I'm sure we'll have her back on the show so rate and review the show and I'll love 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 you forever I love you anyway to be honest I love you anyway anyway let's talk about my guest Naomi Amiko Naomi Amiko is head of corporate communications at Dorothy Shoemaker, and she's in charge of all global communications, strategic PR, and content creation for this fashion house. Having started as the content marketing manager in 2015, she has, in that short space of time, risen to being head of corporate comms. She is a guest lecturer in luxury goods and communications and social media and influence marketing at the University of Mannheim and the International School of Management in Germany. Prior to working um, in her current role at her current organization, she was a freelance fashion stylist for Vogue Germany, for Vogue Japan, Vogue Italy. She's done work with Uniqlo 
and has also worked with Naomi Campbell. She graduated um, in Germany with a business administration degree, went on to do a master's in London, and um, she interned with LVMH Dior and with Condé Nast, and you're gonna hear her stories around, around how she got into fashion, her work in fashion, her passion for fashion, and, um, and how she got to do what she's doing at a very young age, really. It's very striking, this amazing young woman and what she's doing in her, in her world. And, the, and you'll hear the wisdom way beyond her years, actually, um, really. And you can see why she's accomplishing what she is, is doing in the world and with, in, in the world of fashion. So I'm excited to bring you Naomi Emiko. Naomi, welcome to She's Got Drive and thank you so much for being willing to sit in the guest chair this week. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited um, to be here. <laughs> Great. So let's get started by you describing your work, what you do, and then we can get into how you, how you get, got into that work. I'm currently heading the communications and PR department at a major German luxury fashion brand. I'm, I've been in this position for almost a year now. It's a very exciting position. It's a very exciting brand using luxury women's wear. Um, we're sold worldwide and um, it's headed by a very strong woman, which is very inspiring to me. Yeah, that's what I do at the moment uh, after, you know, coming from a long uh, story and way of different positions and different uh, fashion businesses, also a certain period of freelancing. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing at the moment. Great. So I want to get into how you got into it in the world of fashion. Fashion is always something that people talk about wanting to get into. It's it's quote unquote hard to get into. And I know that my daughter is already starting to get interested in it. So how did you start your career in fashion? You know, what was your journey to it? If I'm thinking about my story or how I got into it, it's, it actually started very early, even though I didn't know back then that, you know, it, it will end up in actually working in this industry. So when I was uh, a little girl, actually, I always, it might sound, you know, a little bit almost pathetic, but I kind of really enjoyed, you know, playing dress up and I really mm -hmm. enjoyed the beautiful things and of, of life and I really enjoyed, you know, beautiful fashion. I was very interested in it. And, you know, there's a story that my mother uses to tell whenever someone asks, actually, how did your daughter get into fashion? And she said, you know, actually, when she was two and a half years old, she didn't talk very much. But in the morning when she had to get dressed, it was a whole ceremony. You know, she kind of really combined clothes and she kind of really created little looks. And, and that's when I knew that, okay, this might be, you know, the direction my daughter is, is, is going in to. But then actually I chose a different way. Actually, I wanted to uh, become a doctor when I was a teenager. So I was very interested, you know, wow. in, in studying medicine. And um, I actually also applied um, and I also got in. And at the same time, I had this interest um, in business. And um, so I eventually applied for um, uh, studying medicine, but I also applied for studying business. And then I had to make a decision. And um, in the end, I actually merely decided on studying business because I, I thought to myself that um, it might offer me more um, opportunities to actually you know, make choices later on in life. So I was kind of, you know, really in between those two subjects and it was mm -hmm. a decision that I made. 
Um, and during uh, studying business, um, I realized that my passion for fashion has never left me, actually. So I continued enjoying, you know, beautiful clothes and design. And I always kind of was very interested in, in, in this industry. But it didn't really occur to me that um, um, it might be an actual career path for me because I, I thought, you know, I was studying at a very competitive university here in Germany at the University of Mannheim. And um, all my fellow students were kind of interested in um, becoming consultants or investment bankers. So I was kind of influenced by that and thought this might be my direction as well. Mm-hmm. But then um, I realized that um, I kind of, you know, had to maybe take a closer look at what actually motivates me to work and what actually, you know, was an inner driver for me, what, what, what actually interested me. And that's when I realized, you know, I might have to take a closer look at this whole creativity that is kind of inside of me mm-hmm. uh, that I kind of wants to burst out and how can I actually combine um, my studies with that. So I chose, um, you know, to um, take a gap year before doing a master's degree um, and do two, two internships, um, you know, that kind of, I thought at the time, will show me um, the broadest spectrum possible that this industry has to offer. Um, yeah, so that's why I applied to um, my first internship, which was uh, as an assistant product manager um, back in the days um, at a very big luxury corporation. And, you know, in order to kind of really broaden my horizon also in terms of the entire luxury goods industry, I didn't directly go into fashion, but I started with luxury cosmetics and I interned at Perfumes um, Christian Dior mm-hmm. at Elden Um And it was a very interesting and I'd say today a very... Um, good lesson that I learned back in the days because you have to see that I made this decision based on what I've studied so I was very young at the time and I kind of you know thought okay I studied business um I have the knowledge now I have the theoretical knowledge I have the passion for the industry I have the passion for the product it's one of the biggest and more, most interesting corporations out there so I might as well you know apply and join mm-hmm. and it was um for me, um, at the time, very exciting, you know, next step. And I obviously thought, oh, my God, it's just um, amazing that I get this very, um, um, that I can join this very competitive um, industry with such a big name. Yeah. Uh, and until today, um, you know, I would still say it's one of the most interesting places to work at because the, the range of products that they offer, the range of brands that they offer is so interesting. It's, it's almost, you know... Um, I'd say really outstanding in this industry. There are a few other names, obviously, that, that, that offer the same. But um, yeah, for me, um, nevertheless, it wasn't the right decision because I learned um, very early on um, in the job that the daily routine that this job features, you know, wasn't the right routine for me. So I really hadn't put much thought into what does it actually entail, you know, to be an assistant um, product manager. I was, It was for me, you know, really only about kind of, you know, doing this next step and to make, you know, the biggest learning experience possible at the time. And I thought this corporation would really help me. Mm-hmm. Um, however, um, it turned out, you know, to be the wrong decision for me because I knew very early on, you know, that the daily routine of an assistant product manager or the product management, so my manager's daily routine, wasn't actually what I wanted to do for the rest of my life or even for, you know, the first two years as a, as a fashion professional. Right. And, um, yeah, but you have to also think about, you know, I was 
21, obviously had just joined and thought, oh my God, I cannot quit. Like, I can't quit. It's you, you just have to, you know, go through this, make this experience and move on. Eventually I felt, you know, not ill, but I, I literally, you know, didn't feel good about myself. I didn't feel good about my, my daily routine, about the job, nothing. And I actually, you know, had a very good friend at that time that, um, you know, I kind of confide to and I always shared all the experiences with him. And, you know, he said to me, actually, why is it that you can't quit? And I said, I mean, you can't quit early, mate. It's like the biggest thing. Um, and um, obviously, um, it took me weeks to make the decision to finally quit. Um, and I still, you know, have the deepest respect for the MHS. I think it's, they do, they're doing brilliant things. But for me, it was really took me weeks to kind of say, okay, listen, um, I made this decision, it was the wrong decision for me at the time. I didn't really put much thought about my daily routine. I didn't really put much thought into what I actually wanted to do. And I made the decision I quit. Wow. So there's a lot. There's a lot there. And let's let's start start to unpick that because um, I wanted to start like just go back a little to those moments when you interned and you there was some a number of choice points. The choice point where 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 you, you were either going to go into medicine or go into business. And you said one of the things that you said I think that was really important is that you had to look inside yourself and to to really think about. What is it that motivates you? And I think um, that's a courageous point in life when we do that. What was it that had you pause? And what was the questions that you asked yourself? Do you remember? I mean, it was, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I think, as you said in the beginning, I mean, this industry um, seems to be um, an industry where a lot of people you know, want to work and they actually want to join this industry. It, it sounds very desirable. It's kind of, you know, it almost has this appeal of being, you know, very exclusive um, group of people that kind of work together and do all these sorts of beautiful things. So right. when I'm thinking back of this time when I was, um, how old was I? I was 19, mm-hmm. um, 19, 20 years old. And I thought about, okay, um, obviously, um the best um, option that I had was kind of to really join a major corporation and um, to kind of, you know, start my career path there because I thought to myself afterwards, um, all the doors will be open to me. And um, I did that, um, merely motivated by this thought. And I think that's, that was the biggest mistake that I made because I kind of, it was a very, you know, um, let's say extrinsic motivation. It wasn't mm-hmm. very intrinsic. It was just, you know, um, okay, it's, it's a very logic next step I'm just going to do that and then afterwards you know my career is is probably going to be great um and I kind of forgot to really look inside of me to kind of really ask myself so what is it actually about working each and every day that kind of interests you and that really you know drives you that motivates you um what is it actually that you want to learn what is it actually you know uh, what you want to actually deal with each and every day and um, those were the questions when I paused and when I kind of thought to myself, okay, I have to abandon this internship, um, even though I still believe it's a great cooperation and I think there are a lot of people that are a great fit, but I wasn't. And I kind of, you know, really paused and thought to myself, okay, so what is actually making me so unhappy here? Because from the outside, obviously my friends, my family, everyone thought, oh my God, she made it she got in and it was a very competitive, um, you know, um, 
field and it was right. very it wasn't easy to get in. I realized that it's more important to kind of realize first who you actually are and what you actually want to do um, and then to apply and then to kind of, you know, choose the right company and to also allow yourselves to kind of make mistakes, to allow yourself to take your time to realize when you've done a mistake, to kind of move on from that, to not regard failure as something, you know, that is ending your career, that is ending right. your life. Yeah, so that was actually the kind of journey that I had to, to, to go through back then. Well, so such powerful questions. There was a really, just really powerful questions and the courage to say, well, there, there you are in an intern in Dior. And as you said, everyone on the outside would think you are crazy to walk away from this. What are you thinking? You know, um, but you, as you said, your, what's your intrinsic motivation and what do you care about for your life? And that the other side is to know that as you walk away from it, it's not all over. You know, that's the other thing where people go, if I walk away from this, wherever the this is, the, some of the fear that can drive people to stay, even when they're unhappy in a place is there's nothing else. But to trust that actually, if I, if I really go for what I really want, then the else will arise. It will come up. I was at a point um, after you know making this decision. The first um, feeling that I had after making the decision was relief, obviously, and at the same time it was very sad because I had great colleagues and you know the product was still so interesting and I still wanted to learn and I, I couldn't you know see myself you know. Um, not following my passion of really learning and constantly improving and, and, and broaden my rise, my skill set. But I had, um, luckily, um, before actually, you know, um, entering this first um, position, um, I already had, you know, signed a contract for the second half of my gap year um, for a six-month internship um, at another corporation which um, obviously I think uh, the majority of people know out there, um, the lovely Condé Nast. And mm -hmm. um, for me, it was, you know, really um, a great, um, let's say a great um, outlook that I had after quitting my first position. It was like, okay, I know that I made the right decision. I'm still, you know, completely 100% behind this decision. But I also know there's something waiting for me um, that um, might be, you know, my second chance to kind of... Um, find my way um, and my place in this industry. Right. So, um, yeah, after um, quitting, I still had three months left until, um, you know, my second internship or my second position was about to start. And I really took this time to kind of, you know, um, do all sorts of things to, um, to, yeah, to improve, let's say, you know, my starting position at this, at this new firm. So mm -hmm. kind of, you know, I improved my French. You know, my mum is a a French teacher, um, so you know she kind of you know, drilled me to learn French very early on. But I thought you know I might as well kind of you know simply you know keep up speaking French and kind of you know I watch French movies and films about right. fashion and everything to kind of really you know prove myself to be as valuable as possible to the new to the new company that I was about to join. Yeah, and so then I joined February 2014. Mm -hmm. It was actually the beginning of the most rewarding journey. I think I, I, I could say today because it was really also about me learning that, you know, working there and working with these amazing people that kind of, you know, very early on realized that I was really passionate about this industry and about fashion mm -hmm. and that really opened so many doors for me and it was just brilliant to kind of also, you know, kind of find 
a validation that the decision that I had made a couple of months earlier was the right decision right. because now, you know, at the point in time, at a point in time where I actually knew what I wanted to do, um, what I actually wanted to do day by day, and I turned out to be, you know, very, I'd say, eager and very passionate intern that then resulted, you know, in me freelancing for Condé Nast for one and a half years after finishing my internship. Wow. In shoots on my own, you know, with really great teams all around the world. Um, and it was really, yeah, a wonderful beginning of a wonderful journey, I'd say. How did you move from, so you freelanced, the, freelanced with Condé Nast for a while, and then where, how did you, what was your next move, and what was that turning into for you in terms of your career path? First of all, during that time in Paris, I, you know, obviously because I always knew that I wanted to, to do a master's degree, that was, you know, for me, I, I made this decision during my bachelor's, so that was a given. During my, but I thought I might as well, you know, do a business master. So I thought about, you know, marketing, luxury marketing, something like that, or fashion marketing, something like that. Then, um, during my time in Paris, at Condé Nast, I kind of, you know, it broadened my horizon so much that I thought, okay, I have a very good, prestigious business degree, you know, in my pocket. I might as well kind of, you know, look to a complete different um, type of education. And I actually was so mesmerized by you know, the magazine industry, and I was really, um, always enjoyed, you know, writing, reading, um, you know, really um, thinking about the bits and pieces of a very good story, so I thought, am I just going to go towards studying um, international journalism, which I did, moved to London after finishing the internships, and um, did my master's degree over there, and during that time, they came to me with various, you know, um, offers and projects and shoots, you know, that I could either assist or do on my own for them. And that's how I got into freelancing, actually. So it started out, you know, with I could assist on the shoot when they had, um, you know, smaller campaigns, smaller shoots at the time I could do them on my own. I really met the most interesting people in this industry um, uh, that I could collaborate with, which was just amazing. And then from there, you know, kind of, because this industry is such a small, you know, group of people that kind of, by a certain point in time, you kind of know each and every one, it feels right. like. And then, yeah, all of a sudden, um, I moved from working only for, or for Colin Astronomy, and moved on to, you know, doing things for um, the Japanese Vogue. Um, I assisted on commercial campaigns uh, for, for brands. Um, I, you know, did... Um, I supported a magazine, um, an independent magazine, um, because I met the fashion director of this, this magazine and we kind of you know, got along so well and we kind of worked together for a while. So it really just started like that and continued like that. And then after finishing my master's degree, I had to make a very um, difficult decision if I wanted to continue my freelance journey or if I want to, um, not, not, let's not say move back, but if I want to, you know, kind of... Um, have a look at the corporate side right. and, and yeah but I, I made the decision to, to to go into corporate communications and um, until today I still think it was the best decision that I could could have made and um, I'm very 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 happy in this field it's a very interesting fast-moving field um, but as you said it's also hard work um, the perks of it are that we are actually uh, in Paris and Milan and New York and LA and Copenhagen, all over the world where Fashion Week is happening. Um, but it also means, of course, that um, you have to put in a lot of hard work in order mm -hmm. to obtain that.
I want to say something about the mistakes and the notion of mistakes because you 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 share something really powerful that one is that you you learned so much from that experience and um I know that Auntie Oprah always says that mistakes aren't failures that they are experiences in life that are there to teach us that are there to guide us that are there to well, she said it's God's way of saying a tap on the shoulder, say you're actually heading in the wrong direction. And it allows you to say, well, let's let me reroute and go somewhere else. So you so, which you did, you know, you went to somewhere else and you said, well, actually, if that's still the wrong direction, I'm willing to leave that until I find the place where I want to settle in. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really powerful. Yeah. And I think it's absolutely true that um, I think it's, you know, basically also um, a generational thing. Um, I I don't know if that's true, but that's what I feel, you know, because it was really um, I think we uh, we I'm part of a generation, the the infamous generation Y, you know, where everything is about um, writing your own story, being successful, um, making the right choices It's always about, you know, doing things right. And I Mm -hmm. think um, I mean, Obviously, it's very rewarding if you do the things right, but I think it's it's kind of we're forgetting, you know, that it's absolutely human to make mistakes, and it's absolutely human, it's especially when you're very young, to kind of, um, you know, not know um, if you're making the right decision because you don't have very much experience. You know, you kind of, um, I think it's it's a very critical point, crucial point when you start your professional life, you kind of really learn so much about yourself. You, you, you get to know yourself very, um, very good. And you kind of realize, okay, you know, what are those motivating things that you kind of want to incorporate in your daily life? Right. Kind of, you know, all the drivers that, 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 and they are very individual. There's no guidebook, I think, out there that can kind of give you the answer to that. So and I think it's something, you know, that my generation should pay more attention to to kind of really you know look at this and to kind of allow themselves to pause and allow themselves to realize okay this is you know who I actually am and this is how I actually want to to live to work yeah Mm. and so when I'm curious about where you're because that wisdom that you're speaking about the internal guide is has arrived at quite a young age, I'd say, you know, um, for you. I'm curious about your the influence around your upbringing and whether, you know, what your parents had in terms of that, you know, what influenced you in your growing up that gave you that kind of insight? Mm, I mean, I think that um, I always had a very, very close relationship with my mother who... Um, for me, you know, always represented um, a very strong woman who brought brought me up by herself, basically, um, who took the most amazing care of me. Um, you know, I, I had a very lucky and very, um, uh, yeah, very lucky childhood, I think. And um, part of this lucky childhood was that my mum was really, you know, supportive and she kind of always um, allowed me to explore what actually interested me and I think it was also you know when it came to 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 being creative um you know I could actually when it I mean um when I started you know to be interested in music for instance um and I wanted you know to learn um to learn an instrument she took me to the musical school and said okay so you have like 
millions of different instruments and I'm not going to tell you to learn piano or the violin or whatever. Um, you just have to figure out for yourself and you have to, you know, choose what you actually want to learn. And then I started out, um, you know, and I, 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 you know, was convinced that I wanted to become a drummer. And I started you know, as a little girl and I started with a drum kit and um, my mom was very supportive and said, okay, it's a very loud instrument, but it's okay. Um, and I ended up actually playing the piano um, because, you know, my passion for, for becoming a drummer only lasted for a year. But, um, you know, it was really all these little, you know, stories and these little moments that kind of, you know, I think prepped me very well to, you know, just um, regard everything as a, as a journey and to kind mm. of, you know, really just um, um, explore and, and, and test things and then to eventually, hopefully arrive, you know, at, um, at the right decision. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's really great. Cause it also teaches you about your, the power of you choosing, you know, um, you know, when your mom says like you test it out and the power of experimentation you know, you test it out and you figure it out and then you, you go down one path and if that's not your path, so if, it's, if you're not going to be a drummer, then you can choose another instrument, right? Definitely. And then it, it, yeah, that's so, kudos to your mum. I'm thinking, I said to my daughter, you're learning piano. <laughs> that was a lesson. That was a mummy lesson. I just had a mummy lesson moment. Um, yeah, because I was one of the mums who said, yeah, you're learning piano. Okay. <laughs> She's actually a great pianist. <laughs> it's a beautiful instrument. And I mean, you know, but um, yeah. <laughs> it is a beautiful instrument. She can choose now. She chooses it now. But at five, she didn't choose. <laughs> I chose. Okay. Um, so what, tell us about your, so in terms of your work now, head of communications at a, a fashion house, tell me something about the, your, your daily work and what motivates you now in your work and something about the industry because as we said before there is a glamorous side to it but one of the things that's been striking for me as I hung around my sister-in-law shout out to my sister-in-law Petra who works in the fashion industry it's a it's hard work as I followed her around doing her work uh, in Paris so Share with us what your work entails and what are the, what's the, some of the things that motivates you and what are some of the challenges that your work um, gives you? I mean, um, I'm very lucky, you know, that I can work um, at a company that has been founded really by, um, I would say, one of the most amazing women I've ever come across, really. Mm. And she she had the very you know, amazing and great vision to kind of, you know, with her business and with inaugurating her own brand to kind of empower women through her designs to kind of express their personality, to really, you know, find their own style, to kind of express their their different facets, you know, with the clothes that they that they are choosing, that they are wearing. And I think it's the beauty of this story was really, you know, what kind of triggered me and is still triggering me every day to to really work um, you know, um, to go to work and to kind of, you know, do the, the best that I can to, 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 to help this business grow and to kind of be part of the journey. And yeah, and it's, it's what you say. I mean, uh, fashion week is fascinating and it's lovely and it's glamorous, but it's also, you know, hard work. Um, it's, um, especially when you think about how many fashion weeks are out there and, um, 
each and every one of them has a different DNA. Each and every one of them has a different set of brands and um, and um, creatives and opinion leaders involved. And I think, you know, for um, a business that um, is driven by a very strong personal story and by very, you know, strong core values and beliefs, mm-hmm. um, it's getting more and more important to make sure that they are communicated in the right way. Um, yeah, and that's what I'm trying to do each and every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and let's talk about, I want to talk about the presence of black women in the fashion space. And... Um, or the lack thereof, you know, like even as I, even as I, if we look at large, the large brands and who's heading other brands, if we look at the whole conversation around models who represent, or who are on the catwalk or in, in magazines, if we look at, um, if I look at when I'm in, around Paris in Fashion Week or I'm around, I mean, it's harder in New York. New York is harder because it's more spread out, but in Paris there's, distinct areas where people are kind of floating around you know what I mean um there's still some quite some underrepresentation of black women in the industry so what does it feel like to be you know how do you what do you say about that you know am I is that is that a fair representation I'm standing on the outside looking in and and then what does it feel like when you if you experience yourself as one of the few women who are in the in that work i mean i would say that um it's still you know i think diversity is is a topic that kind of is important in in all the different industries that are out there and i think it's still something you know that that there's need for improvement definitely i would say that um from my personal experience i've never experienced any complications problems Mm -hmm. or drawbacks um, from being black and um, on the opposite I think um, you know being diverse in your own story and kind of you know um, being someone you know who, who might have you know a, a background that is um, not necessarily atypical um, is something that is an asset in this industry and I think it's one of the industries that kind of you know cares the most for individuality and cares the most for nice. um, really um, people that have an interesting story to tell that kind of, you know, add value also to to um, to portraying um, a very diverse picture because in the end, the fashion industry is only there, you know, to, 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 to really dress mankind and mankind <laughs> is very diverse. And I think it's, you know, that's also why a lot of... Um, um, corporations and a lot of businesses pay close attention to to um, to diversity. However, I understand that um, it, it it still looks like as if um, you know not many black women or black people in general um, you know are um, working in this industry. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say that it is due to the fact that the businesses or the stakeholders in this industry aren't hiring. Um, you know, enough black women or black mm-hmm. um, people in general. I think it's, um, and it's also something that is changing, you know, over time. I think if you look at, um, especially if you look at British Vogue at the moment, yes. you know, there are a lot of um, changes that have happened. Um, and um, when you look at 
Virgil Abloh joining Louis Vuitton as the new menswear designer. Yeah. You know, there, I think there are a lot of changes that are happening. And I think it's just, you know, also reflecting that um, the world is becoming more and more mm -hmm. diverse. That diversity is very important. And also this industry um, has catched up to that, I would say. Yeah, yeah I think you point to... A number of this, certainly in the last year to 18 months, I've seen a wave of shift and change of leaders who um, now they're ta obviously talented. To, oh, extraordinary. The new, you know, the, edit the change in editorial guard at British Vogue was, was big and the influence was immediate with, our, with the first, uh, if we look at the first cover. And, yeah. um, and so looking forward to what that, the message that that then sends out and that then allows people to come forward, you know? So I think part of it is also, if you feel like there's too many barriers, you may not even even try, if you like, to go into mm -hmm. certain spaces. And, and it is possible to succeed in, in spite of the, any environments that you're in, you know? Um, but mm -hmm. the, to, to put yourself out there and to move forward. And, but there, I, I'd agree with you, there's some, signs of change too so if we look at your your life and um what would you say so far has been the biggest accomplishment and then what has been the biggest challenge should we start with accomplishment and then mm, i would say i mean given the fact that i consider myself still very young <laughs> the age of 25 but i would say um my biggest accomplishment is really that, you know, I'm at a stage where I am very sure about um, who I actually am and, um, you know, what really defines me as a person. Mm -hmm. Moving away from the professional side, you know, I think I've really um, had the opportunity to get to know myself very well. And I think it's something, you know, that I'm um, revisiting from time to time, that I'm, you know, really looking at from time to time. And, I'm, I'm lucky, you know, to see that I've uh, arrived at a stage where I, I think, at least, um, I know what what is very important to me mm -hmm. as a person. Um, and at the same time, I think it's also the biggest challenge because it's if you know that and if you try to stay true to yourself, um, you know, it will bring many different challenges um, each and every day. Um, it will also it, it can be in the professional life, it can be in the personal life, private life. Um, it comes with, you know, a lot of decisions that you have to make mm -hmm. each and every day. Mm, so I would say, yeah, my biggest accomplishment is at the same time my biggest challenge in a way. Yeah, yeah. so how do you live, live true to your values when mm -hmm. you know what they are and you're clear about what they are? And you're right, at a very young age, so 25, is, it, it's amazing that what you're, the role that you're holding at your age, actually. You know, so it points to <laughs> points to your own skill and your own aptitude, your own abilities and your own talent that you'd be engaged at this level in an organization, really. Um, so kudos to you for that. Um, and it also says and, it, you know, it says there's no, you know, there's no limit about what we can accomplish, really, if you are committed and you set your if you stay true to your path, it's amazing what I say, the magic that can happen. Absolutely. absolutely. When you're staying true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also what I've said in the beginning. It's also, you know, something because 
I feel you can you almost get trained to kind of fit in you know it's something that you know is really really um, something that a lot of people try to accomplish is you know to kind of really um, let's say accomplish certain goals or certain you know um, stages of success that are regarded as successful and I think you know this whole obsession with that is also you know um, its biggest um, um, problem because mm-hmm. it's when you kind of you know try to, to to look too much on the outside you tend to forget the inside and I think you cannot be successful that's at least what I've learned until now you cannot be successful if you look too much on the outside you right. have to know yourself first yeah yes yes to thine own self be true Shakespeare I mean true. read that a long yeah. time ago but they call him a master for a reason they it is we we can get so trapped in the compact comparing ourselves to others and playing the external game if you like versus playing our own game and Absolutely. then and then staying on track on our own game and not versus being influenced or inspired by others and that's fine you know and of course we ought to be we ought to look up and out and say you know what are those people doing isn't that amazing what they're doing oh i could do that i mean that's the whole point of my of the podcast right but then <laughs> and to then from that inspiration get clear about our, ourselves get clear about our own path and stay in our own path and and stay focused there versus kind of comparing ourselves to others what would you say are your um, strategies for your success in your work i'd say if you figured out you know the the, the insight uh, motivation that you have you kind of just have to focus really clearly on the different skills that you need in order to to drive success for the business that you're working at so for me this means that you know i'm working on the communication side so for me the the most important KPIs are that I have to drive um, the popularity of the business and I have to make sure that its message and its core values come across. So for me, it really means, you know, to kind of constantly be updated and stay updated, you know, about what is happening in the industry, how does our business fit in, how does the business cater to the needs that are there in the industry and how can we actually differentiate um, ourselves from other businesses, from competitors so this this whole part of being very focused, you know, on what you do is very, very important. And then you also have to continuously, you know, improve your skills. You can never stop learning. It's really important that you continue to learn throughout your whole life and your whole professional life. And then it's also very important, and I think that's something that goes hand in hand, is that while being successful most of the time means that you have to also, you know, lead a team, that you also have to be a very strong leader, a strong motivator. You also, you know, have to keep in mind that being a good team player is as important as being a good leader. So in order to be a transformational leader, which I think is, you know, the, the, the best style of leadership that you should live in your professional life, being a team player is as important. And if you can master the, the, these different skills I think um yeah you're you're bound to be successful yeah wow so that, let me talk about because it's not many people named transformational leadership and so I wanted to share you to share what do you mean by that because as I, 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 I want to say and I work in leadership I coach leadership I facilitate leadership programs 
And um, it's not always a phrase that people use, and it's, but it is a level, it's a different type of leadership from the transactional. Or the, right. So what is it that you mean when you talk about transformational leadership? Well, I think transformational leadership, if you take it by itself, I think means leading by example, right? Mm-hmm. That you kind of really do exactly what you, what you expect your team to do, and right. you kind of give them the best example you know, how successful they can be, each and every one of them, and then as a team, um, if they follow this path. And I think it's really, really important that um, I, I experience that, you know, really in my daily life, um, you know, that when that it's really important that I give a good example to my team, what is actually important, what they have to do, how they have to do it, what are the different, you know, um, parts that actually are um um, that are um, entailed in, in, in the job that they are doing. And I think transformational leadership to me means really to kind of, you know, try to be the best example that you can be right. in order to motivate your team to, to, to work towards um, a common aim. Um, yeah. That's- yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is about being in the inspired leader. And as you're speaking of when you're role modeling and you're walking your talk really, isn't it? And then you, and from that, from being inspirational that people follow and people yeah. start to ex- express themselves and they start to grow. And so I'm really, it's great that you're naming it because I just wanted to spend a little bit of time there because, you know, a lot of my work with my, when I'm coaching executives is defining their own leadership and what does it look like and what's a self-expressed leader for them and how that mm-hmm. shows up because then that, that influences how they then um, lead their teams, but how they le- then lead in the spaces that they, that they work in. And, um, and so it's really important for anyone who's listening to say, what kind of leader am I? You know, how am I leading? Is it transformational? Is it transactional? Um, and transactional meaning I only really, I'm only really interested in what you can give me. And so we have an exchange and then I move on. And exactly. many leaders lead like that. And uh, we, it's not usually, let's just say, a successful way of leading in terms of people managing, people leadership. It might be successful exactly. in terms of producing results for the business, but it may not be successful in terms of how you bring your people with you. So, yeah, that's a... Do you know what? I can't believe you're only 25. I mean, I'd say that, you know, really, because... <laughs> No, seriously, I, you're saying things that I have conversations with people much older than you and in the many, many years of leading programs, doing leadership programs and facilitating and working with leaders and senior leaders who are just, who have a long way to go away from where you are. They really, so amazing. It's really, as I speak to you, it becomes really, really clear for me why you're so successful seriously me. yeah really I'm just like kudos to you kudos to you um so let's let's say one of the things that one of the questions I've got a question that I won't ask you which is what would you tell your younger self because <laughs> hey pretty young already um well I will ask you though um if they if there are three things that you would say that without which um, you wouldn't be where you are today. Three things that without which you wouldn't be where you are today, what would those three things be? 
things mm. or people it could be when I say things it could like broadly think broadly okay um I think if you say things and people if I would have to name three I would say that the first one is definitely definitely my um curiosity my thirst for knowledge I mm-hmm. think that's yeah it's something that that is has been important to me that characterizes me and that will probably always characterize me um second thing is not a thing it's a person's my mother mm-hmm. um and third thing is i would say my integrity in a way mm-hmm. yeah those are the three so your curiosity <laughs> your mother and integrity yeah do you want to expand a little bit on each of those like what is it about sure. each of those yeah um, I mean, curiosity, I think, in itself is, is, is pretty straightforward because it, it simply, for me, means that, you know, I I just love to learn. It's really, I love to learn new things. I love to experience new things, get to know new people. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love it when I work. I love it in my, you know, my private life. I think it's it's interesting, really, to, to, to acquire in-depth knowledge about things and people because it's, you know, what makes life and what also makes a career interesting. Secondly, my mother, because um, she has been the greatest support from, from the start. She's always, you know, kind of, um, you know, facilitated everything that I've wanted to do for me and um, tried to really be a mother and father in one person, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, and... Um, try to really equip me, you know, with um, the confidence to pursue my dreams and to, at the same time, also equip me, you know, with a very strong value set and to kind of really, you know, also with a very strong um, sense for, um, for for justice and for, for very strong morals. And I think it's really something that I have to be thankful for until the rest of my life. And mm. um, I, I, I really am. And then... Um, and then um, integrity, I think, um, for me means that I'm trying to stay true to myself and to stay true to really, you know, the value set that um, defines me, um, which doesn't mean necessarily that, you know, I'm, I'm not open to advice. And on the contrary, I, I love to receive advice from people that I admire, that inspire me. Right. I love to really, you know, post a gazillion amount of questions to them and um, to, to really, you know, interact and, and talk to them. But um, at the same time, you know, I'm trying to really um, stay as true to myself as I, I can. And um, whenever I'm making a decision, I'm also, you know, always trying to kind of think about, okay, is this really the decision that, you know, I myself, um, uninfluenced by, by, by anything, would, would make? And if that's true... I, I can make this decision and I can feel good about that. And yeah, those are the three things. Thank you. Thank you. And then, so that's so rich. And um, I'd love to meet your mom, actually. I'm just like, I have this image of her. <laughs> just like, <laughs> oh dear. She's like, I won't turn into a stalker. She's, but I just love to kind of like, she, she's done such a great job. You know, she really has. She's done wherever you are, mum. You know, she's done. You've done. She's done a great job. And I and I think that, um, yeah, I think that's clear. In as I meet you, 
you know so i want to do a Thanks shout out to your mum as well <laughs> thank you so much um for sharing your story and sharing how you got into it and your the moment the courageous moment that you've had to have um as you make loads of your life choices it's a real demonstration of of um it feels very it's very cliche and it, it, but it's the it's the forks in the roads of life you know when we come to points and we have choice points in our life and then what choices are you going to make and that you really learn already that when we are wanting to make life choices the place to look is inside of ourselves and um yeah it's just been one of the things that i'm really taking away from our conversation the power of the internal exploration and the internal kind of um, looking, yeah, is the power of that is really like shining through in this in our conversation this morning. Thank you, <laughs> thank you very much. Okay, so Naomi, if someone wanted to reach out to you, where how could they get hold of you? Um, they can really feel free to you know contact me through LinkedIn. Uh, I'm very responsive. <laughs> LinkedIn. So, um, yeah, feel free to drop me a note there. Okay, great. Well, I will put that in the show notes. I'll put your LinkedIn profile in the, sh in the show notes and then someone can contact you through that. Thank mm -hmm. you. I just want to thank you again for our time together, for being a yes to the crazy request from the woman in the cafe in Paris. And, um, and I just really, I'm just excited about the work that you're doing and um and your career path and i'm just yeah i just i want to watch this space to be honest naomi i do because you're doing stonking work at the age of 25 and so i'm really excited about what where you're heading and what is going to emerge for you well i have to say thank you because um the crazy request from the woman in paris turned out to be a very you know beautiful um conversation and um Thank you for, you know, allowing me to share my story. And I just hope, you know, that maybe someone out there will feel a little bit inspired. And um, if there are any questions, everyone, you know, can feel free to reach out to me. And um, yeah, thank you, Shirley. <laughs> I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. This episode was striking for me in a number of ways. The first is, as I said in my intro, there's something about Naomi and um, the wisdom of looking inside herself to guide her next move, to figure out what's right for her, to kind of have her, her the North Star comes from within. And, um, and that was really striking for me in the number of decisions that she made and has made so far in her career and in her life that really took her to the next thing that she looked inwards she trusted herself that that she was and when she listened to herself that she was able to make a courageous decision and you know we it takes courage to 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 make decisions when on the outside people are looking at, at your situation and saying what an opportunity how wonderful and you should be this and that and to know that actually it doesn't feel right for me it doesn't matter how wonderful this opportunity is it's not right for me and having the courage to trust that 
I think that the other thing that I was reflecting on after my interview with her was the beauty of our, those moments of self-development, even though it's um, tough for us sometimes when we're going through it because it's, there's discomfort there. But our biggest growth and development happens in the places of uncertainty, in the places of discomfort. It doesn't often happen when we're feeling like comfy and cool. And so I thought about that, the beauty of that, and then that, and how and what that then leads to as well. And and trusting that you will get to where you need to be. You know, my one of my phrases, um, things that my mum used to say is, "What is for you will not pass you." And I really do believe that. That you know, if it's for me it will be it will show up in my life and then trust that if I'm making a decision even tough decisions that what's for me will then show up in the future and um, and that I've thought about that as well as Naomi kind of shared the, the the decision then led to something else which then opened up through that internship this whole other future around communication and, and journalism and and marketing and all of that that really seems to be um, her in her sweet spot so you know if you are in that space where you're trying to figure out you know is this something for you look to your inner guide rather than outside look to what the inner you is saying about what you what ought to be your next move and try and start to really listen to that and trust that um, and the other thing is, you know, there are no mistakes. You know, there are no mistakes in life. We, 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 when we can learn from it, when it tells us that, as Oprah says, you know, maybe this is an opportunity to course correct, to move to a, in a different direction versus staying where you are. So, you know, I, I, I love all of these lessons, so many more lessons. And I'm so excited about, I'm looking my eye on Naomi and, you know, just see where she's going next and what's next for her and as she kind of expands her career. Um, but some really powerful lessons in this week's episode and you know I want to hear from you. So please contact me on my Instagram, Shirley McAlpine. You can always message me there or you can head over to the She's Got Drive Facebook page or so she joined the She's Got Drive community as well where we can you know be sharing with each other about what we're getting or any comments on the episode there's also um i'm gonna be in the future looking at doing some live short seminars and stuff like that on in the facebook community so um i've got some plans afoot for that this year and then the other way you can get hold of me of course is through my website shirleymacalpine.com She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina. The music is by the awesome female band, Blonde. Until next time, thank you for listening. Go well and stay well.